Hi, this is Justin Hibbert, and you're listening to Why Catholic, my podcast about the what and why of Catholicism. I want to conclude our series on the Sacrament of Reconciliation, also known as Confession, by addressing some common objections and misconceptions about this particular sacrament. We're going to begin first by addressing some of the common Protestant objections and then move to the common Catholic misconceptions. As a Protestant, I often said the following about Catholic confession. I said, I don't understand why Catholics confess their sins to a priest. I go right to God. I'd follow that up with, by putting a human between you and the forgiveness of sins, what Catholics are doing is adding a mediator between them and Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5 makes it clear that there is only one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. Therefore, by adding another layer between a person and Jesus, Catholics contradict scripture. Besides, only God can forgive sins. No amount of Hail Marys is going to wash someone's sins away. Now, as a Catholic, I want to address this common Protestant statement with five responses. The first response has to do with the idea that Catholics confess their sins to a priest while Protestants can go right to God. I would respond to that with a question. Do you? Do you confess your sins to God? That might seem like a silly question, but I think it's worth asking. First John 1 John 1.9 says, quote, If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. End quote. What happens if you don't confess your sins? Have you ever thought about that? I can only speak for myself, but when I was a Protestant, I wouldn't always confess my sins. Generally, I get to church and feel contrite about my particular sins during that week, but Jesus paid it all on the cross. So whether I feel contrite or not, my sins were washed away by Jesus' sacrifice. Catholics call that the sin of presumption. It's presuming that you'll be forgiven without any repentance, and it seems that such a presumption contradicts scripture. So this first question really needs to be asked of anyone who says that they can go right to God to confess their sins. Do you actually do that? The second rebuttal I would make is this. James 5.16 says, quote, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. End quote. When was the last time you confessed your sins to another Christian? Do you actually do that? Or do you just ignore scripture? You know, there's a number of beliefs Catholics have that are not explicit in scripture. Implicit, but not explicit. For example, you're not going to find the Assumption of Mary explicitly stated in Scripture. However, the notion of confessing our sins to another individual is explicit in Scripture. So to not confess your sins would seem to be disobeying God's word. Now, to be fair, there are many Protestants who do confess their sins to another person. They may have an accountability partner uh, that meets regularly confess their sins and give encouragement. But most, based on my experience, probably have never once confessed their sins to another person. Thirdly, I would add that by going to confession, it's not an either-or. Either confess your sins to a priest or confess your sins to God. That's not it at all. The process of confession is that the penitent will enter the confessional, ask to be blessed by the priest, confess their sins one by one, receive some encouragement and instruction by the priest, and then pray an act of contrition in front of the priest to God. That prayer can be anything asking God for forgiveness and help. A common prayer is, quote, My God, I am sorry for my sins with all my heart. In choosing to do wrong and failing to do good, I have sinned against you whom I should love above all things. I firmly intend with your help to do penance, to sin no more, and to avoid whatever leads me to sin. Our Savior Jesus Christ suffered and died for us. In his name, my God, have mercy. End quote. 
I would encourage Protestants to think about how Catholic confession probably evolved. The church probably got together and said, the Bible tells us to confess our sins to God and to confess our sins to each other. We should develop a private place and a process to help sinners be reconciled to God and to the church. And if you think about it, the confessional is a perfect place for that. If you listen to episode 27 and 28 on the Sacrament of Reconciliation, you know that when we sin, we don't just sin against God, we sin against our church community. And so the confessional is an efficient way to cover all of the bases. It's private, it's confidential, the person confesses their sin to the priest and to God, and the person prays and asks God for forgiveness. And the priest is there as a guide for the whole process, ensuring that the penitent is actually contrite about their sins. Now, a Protestant might say, hey, I don't disagree with the confessional process in general. I think you've got a great thing going. My objection is about the priest offering absolution. Only God can forgive sins. My response to that would be this. Are you sure only God can forgive sins? Doesn't the Lord's prayer include the line, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us? And a Protestant would likely say yes, but what Jesus is referring to here is forgiving someone that wronged us personally. The forgiveness that's in question here is the idea of forgiving the sin in general. Now, to respond to that, I would appeal to John 20, 21 through 23, which recounts Jesus's interaction with his disciples right after the resurrection. It says, quote, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven, end quote. It appears that after the resurrection, Jesus gave another measure of authority to his apostles, the authority to forgive and withhold forgiveness of sins. I think it's really important to note that while Jesus gave some authority to his disciples prior to his crucifixion and resurrection, this one in particular is not given until afterwards. Now, one may object to this notion by stating that the authority is limited to specifically Jesus' apostles. I would argue that such a theory makes no sense. We all sin. We all make mistakes. We all need forgiveness. It's not like sin and forgiveness should only be limited to the first century. Hopefully, Jesus is more generous than that. The Catholic Church maintains that the right to forgive and withhold forgiveness of sins is part of that apostolic authority and ministry that Jesus passed down to the church. And here's where the confessional makes a lot of practical sense. For a priest to be able to forgive sins, they have to know what the sin is that they're forgiving, and they need to know that the person is actually sorry and intends to not sin again. Hence, that's why there's both the act of confessing sin and the act of contrition, which occurs in the confessional. If a person comes in and says, look, father, I cheated on my spouse, I'm not sorry, and I plan on doing it again tonight. That's not really much of a contrite heart or a sincere confession. And so the priest is likely not going to grant them absolution, not because he's mean, but because the person isn't sincerely sorry. Let me add another level of rebuttal to this objection that only God can forgive sins. You know, we say that the priest in the confessional is in persona Christi or in the person of Christ. And that may seem odd to Protestants. So let me translate it in a way that might be helpful. I've heard incredible stories of miraculous healing even today. And if you were to talk to that healer and say, man, that's so amazing that you healed that person of that particular ailment. They would likely say, it isn't me, it's God working through me. I've heard many gifted Protestant preachers, and when people come up to them after church and say, hey, your sermon was amazing and it touched my heart, most respond by confirming that it was really God speaking through them. 
The same is true with the confessional. When the priest offers absolution, it's Christ at work through the priest. Jesus uses his people to accomplish his purposes. Why would the forgiveness of sins be any different? This brings me to my final rebuttal, and that is the idea that some believe that we pray the Hail Marys in order to receive forgiveness. That's just not how it works. I mentioned earlier the process of confession. One comes into the confessional, asks for the priest's blessing, the priest blesses the individual, the individual confesses their sin, the priest gives some advice, then the priest will give the person some penance to complete. Then the penitent prays the act of contrition, the priest grants them absolution, and then the penitent leaves the confessional and is supposed to, as quickly as possible, do the act of penance prescribed by the priest. The penance can really be anything. A lot of times it's to pray a certain number of Our Fathers or Hail Marys, which then the penitent will complete right outside of the confessional. But it could be to do a work of charity. The purpose of penance is to steer the penitent back towards God and to restore that relationship with God. When we sin, one of the first things that drops off is our desire to pray and get close to God. We're like Adam and Eve hiding in the garden, ashamed of our sin. Sin pushes us away from God, and so the priest often prescribes prayer as an act of penance because that's the first step towards God. It's like the priest says, look, you have a clean slate now. God's forgiven you. Take some time to talk with him again. I think this is a good time to transition to some Catholic misconceptions about the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And one is that penance is punishment. I would be careful associating prayer with punishment. That can lead to some negative associations. Penance is about making restitution and getting right with God. On a couple of occasions, when my kids are acting out, I'll tell them to go into the room and pray the rosary. I have to be careful with this because I don't want them to associate praying the rosary with getting punished. Rather, my goal is for them to immerse themselves in prayer and contemplation, and hopefully that will result in a changed behavior. You know, one of the deterrents in becoming Catholic was this talk about obligations. For example, a holy day of obligation sounds really inauthentic and heavy-handed. I like to use the term commitment or opportunity. When we fulfill our commitments, we're in good standing with God and the church. When we don't, we create a deficiency that needs to be remedied. So I would encourage Catholics not to look at confession or penance as something I have to do, but rather something I get to do. Because we can look at it in two ways. One is, Ugh, I have to go to confession. The other way is, I get to receive relief for my soul in a clean slate. And my priest is going to help me get back on track with God. It's all a matter of perception. And that brings me to another thing that you sometimes hear in Catholic circles, the idea of Catholic guilt. Sometimes Catholics will say, oh, I know all about feeling guilty. I'm Catholic after all. And I get how this comes about. A parent might say to their child, you know, if you do that, you're going to have to tell father so-and-so. And so the child likely feels this guilt trip. Or after a parent catches a child doing something wrong, the parent might say, you need to tell father so-and-so in confession what you've done. Hopefully the parent's motivation is to steer the kid towards being repentant and getting right with God not just to gain another advocate in their corner to shame their child. But going back to Catholic guilt, you know, guilt is not a bad thing. Guilt is not there to perpetually beat us up, but to move us towards repentance. David said in Psalm 51:17, quote, The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise, end quote. A lot of times today, people dismiss that contriteness by mocking it and calling it something like Catholic guilt. That guilty conscience is likely God 
pulling you towards repentance. So if you feel guilty, then spend some time sitting in it and asking, why do I feel guilty? But most importantly, go to confession and deal with it. Let me address one more misconception that I hear in Catholic circles, and that is, I can do this particular sin because I can just go to confession afterwards. I recently watched the movie Father Stewart, which is about a rough guy who falls in love with a Catholic girl and eventually becomes a priest. However, before his conversion, he tries to lure this pretty Catholic girl into having sex with him. When she reminds him that being Catholic means no sex until marriage, he responds by saying, isn't that what confession is for? The point of Christianity, the point of Catholicism, is to enter into this intimate relationship with God. And sometimes I think we forget that. You know, for me, sometimes when I'm tempted to sin, I don't think about the consequences with my relationship with God. Sometimes I think, you know, if I do this thing, I'm going to have to tell my priest and that's going to be uncomfortable. And so I'm more deterred by what the priest will think of me than what this will do to my relationship with God. And I think that shows that I'm still a very immature Christian. The aim of Christianity is to restore Eden, to walk with God, to be intimate with him, to forsake sin, not because we have to confess it to a priest, but because it damages this dear relationship, this dear friendship. In the same way, when we think, oh, I'll do this thing I know is wrong, but then I'll go to confession. What we're doing is we're taking advantage of God. We're manipulating him. It's why the presumption of forgiveness is such a grave sin, a dangerous road to walk down. Not because God isn't forgiving, but because we're learning more and more how to manipulate him. If there's anything you take away from these episodes about the Sacrament of Reconciliation, I hope it's this. Confession is a real gift. It's an opportunity. It's something we all need. It's the chance to have our sins washed away, to know we are forgiven, to return into right relationship with God and his bride. It's to step out of the shadows of shame and to be honest with God, with ourselves, and with others about what's going on in our lives. Friends, I get that the sacrament of reconciliation is uncomfortable and even scary. Nobody likes to fess up to their sins. But it is a sacrament of healing, restoration, and rebuilding. It's a return to Eden and all the joy, goodness, and holiness for which God has created us. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Why Catholic. It is such a blessing to be able to share this message on this podcast, and I am so blessed that you have taken time to listen. If you haven't done so, take a second to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join the Why Catholic community. Go to whycatholic.substack.com slash subscribe to get started. Also, you can join me on Instagram. The handle is whycatholicpodcast, all one word. Until next time, God bless you. My name is Justin Hibbard, and this is Why Catholic.